Here we are, Parry Talks, episode fucking who knows, oh my god, let me start again, <laughs> swearing already, Parry Talks, welcome back, back again, it's Saturday afternoon, so there might be a bit of, bit of ambient noise in the background, because <laughs> we are at a pub, and it's a bit more like a pub conversation than a fully blown fader interview yeah, on podcast, yeah, yeah. Which, which makes it real, it makes it real. Exactly, very organic. Exactly. So it's like you're in the room with us. Mm-hmm. Welcome, my G Raj Mahal. How are you? I'm alright. I'm chilling. You know, just came from the gym. You know, just living life. How? Drive and thrive. Did your did the boxing gym close over COVID for how for a while or not? Oh, I don't know. I just joined it. So um, Shit. yeah, I, I, I didn't really ask those questions. I'm kind of just like, <laughs> where do I sign up? <laughs> When do y'all open? When do y'all and I start close? hitting people. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, welcome to Parry Talks. It's been a while. We have been talking about doing this for a while. Yeah. And I remember when I first started, I was hit you off straight away, just bare in the DMs, yeah. raw in the DMs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> raw in the DMs. And I was just like, dude, you got to come on Parry Talks. And then life sort of got in the way. It was a bit of a mess. But I feel like between now and then, I feel like I've learned so much as an interviewer, as a human as a just someone involved so yeah, i'm yeah. glad that it's happening now because i think the end of the product will be so much stronger than oh, if we did it over a year again i agree i agree fuck yeah um 2020 cooked year but it must be cooked to you especially having family overseas and yeah. i feel like a lot of people have that unique experience of like we're in australia and it's chill here pretty much now it feels like nothing's gone wrong well, it does, like, obviously something's gone wrong, but it feels like nothing's happening now. It feels like the world's gone back to normal, but compared to other people on the other side of the world and stuff, um, how's that experience been for you with people like family being so far away and like the world feeling like it's fucking ending? Uh, it's been crazy. Like I remember like when the, when um, COVID first started happening, um, you kind of just see like the fear in like people's eyes and then you really don't know what's happening. And it's always that fear of the unknown that that you know humans tend to have and it makes them act irrational so like um i remember when it first started like my friend's mom she was just like oh yeah like you can't stay here anymore you know what i mean like you can't like you can't hang out here anymore because we're about to go on quarantine and then hearing that like i didn't really take it personal but it's just like damn like i don't have family here you know what i mean like she's looking out for her family you know what i mean like now i have to just look out for myself so i was kind of like worried and concerned in like that regard because like what if this gets crazy you know what i mean and like where am i gonna go like who like who am i gonna like be able to lean on you know what i mean so like it was definitely tough um it definitely played a, a um it took its toll on my mental for a little bit but then once i like once the media allowed us to know like you know the symptoms and like all that stuff I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't really think it's something to worry about. And plus, with COVID, I feel like every generation or, you know, there's always a period in, like, human history where, you know, there's just natural selection, you know what I mean? And I feel like the world just has, the universe just has its way of just, like, saying, oh, you know, we just got to trim the fat. Unfortunately, people got to die, you know what I mean? But, like, it's just one of those things that we can't really control and we just got to deal with, you know, like, the people in the 40s, they had to deal with World War II, they had to deal with polio, you know what I mean? They had to deal with, like, racism and all that. So it's kind of just like, this is what we got to do. This is our World War II, you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. That's such a good way to put it. So, like, that's why I was just like, you know, I just got to pick myself by the bootstraps and kind of just, you know, see where it goes. But the only, the, my main concern for with all of this is just, like, 
I wasn't even really worried about the virus. I was just worried about my visa at the time. Oh. And because um, I'm just like, damn, like, are they going to like kick me out? Or like, you know what I mean? Like in the visa that I was on recently, I couldn't work. I was on an entertainment visa, so it didn't allow me to work. And then there was no like, since businesses were closed down, like I couldn't work any cash jobs under the table. Yeah. So I was just like, I don't know what to do. So that kind of like, I kind of went crazy. And um, I had like a mental breakdown. Like it was just this one night where I'm trying to go to sleep. And, um, you know, like, for some reason, I couldn't go to sleep. I just felt like my chest was, like, caving in. And, um, you know, like, I, I just felt like I was about to die. You know what I mean? And, like, all the news, everything you hear on social media, Facebook or whatever, like, it's just about COVID, COVID, COVID. And then I'm thinking about my own personal issues, and I'm thinking about COVID at the same yeah. time. And then you just combine them. And I'm just like, I'm actually about to die. I feel like I'm dying. And, um... Yeah, and uh, and before that, I got into like an argument with my dad, trying to just like, uh, you know, just let off some things that were on my mind. I just need to get some stuff off my chest, and then it kind of just turned into a bunch of other stuff. And then I kind of felt like, damn, like this is my pops. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I should be able to confide in you, and like yeah. you're making me feel guilty for even doing that. So that definitely played a um, that that definitely took its toll. It was taxing on the mind for me, and um. I was kind of just like, Damn, I don't have anybody. I don't have my mom here. Like, all I have is, like, the handful of friends that I got and, like, my girlfriend. It was kind of just like, I don't want to be a burden to them. And, you know, I'm already a burden to myself. So it's kind of just like, I'm just in my room, just laying on my bed, just like, damn, like, what do I do? Do I go home? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then um, eventually things calmed down. Uh, I went to go see a doctor. He prescribed me, like, antidepressants. And then... Um, and then after that, it, it kind of just, I just hated this artificial, just like chillness about taking antidepressants. So I only took it for like two, three weeks. And I'm just like, oh, no, nah, this ain't me. This ain't, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm better than that. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm the, I'm the raw dog. You know what I mean? So like, I can't be doing that. Like, that, that, that just ain't me. And this isn't me like, f like, you know, looking down on people who actually need that stuff. But I feel like for me, it was kind of just like a smack in the face for people who actually have to like take yeah. this to like deal with life. I feel like I was just going through a fleeting moment and a fleeting emotion and I just needed to like deal with it. Well, not just like d tough it out, but yeah. just like I just needed to go through Address it, it. Yeah. allow it to happen and then move on and uh, that's just what I did. Yeah. I've just been like chill ever since. I think it, it sometimes it takes people and it's not the actual pill or whatever that will change your life but sometimes it takes people to get to the point where it's like you might need some extra help and like it just changes the way your your brain thinks so instead of it might have not been an antidepressant in your case but like a behavioral change like yeah. just actually changing something yeah and like just getting to that point whether the pills were for you or not for you sort of just acted as like a the divider so yeah. i feel that with a lot of people as well another thing with COVID as well which you sort of reflected on is like it amplified everything by 10 mm -hmm. so if you had a little crack in your roof not literally in the ceiling of your life and COVID comes along yeah. that cracks a gaping hole in there. Yeah, it just ruined a lot of things <laughs> for everybody and like that's one of the things where like I'm like it's not only an inconvenience to me so I need to stop acting like that everybody else needs to stop acting like that this is a collective inconvenience yeah. for everybody you know what I mean like there's people with actual businesses thriving businesses for like 20-30 years that their fam that these families built from the ground up 
and now they're gone now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to deal with that. I'm just yeah. worried about a visa. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if I can't stay here, I'm going back to, like, one of the most powerful countries in the world. So, like, it's not like I have to go back to Syria or, like, yeah. Darfur or something. You know what I mean? So I was kind of just like, like, what am I tripping for? You know what I mean? Yeah. But then there's that, like, there's a whole thing where it's, like, everyone's got their own shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, my shit and your shit, even though relatively in the grand scheme of shit, might not stink as bad yeah, but like everyone's got their own shit everyone's yeah, yeah. shit means something to them as well yeah. it's cook time but what matters we're here now yeah, so um, we're G now exactly everything's sort grateful. of works I'm just grateful what, what do you reckon what do you think you changed from obviously COVID sort of settled down but what personally do you think changed when you were just like holy shit the world's ending to a bit of more clarity um I feel like I feel like nothing's really changed. I feel like I just amplified certain characteristics that I've already had. Yeah. Um, you know, like, my work ethic got way better. You know what I mean? Like, I'm starting to just, instead of just having an emotional response to everything, I'm taking the more logical and, like, rational approach to it. Not just, like, oh, man, this is, I'm stressed out, I feel sad, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of just like, all right, before I do that, I'm going to get to that in a minute. Yeah. But, like, now I'm going to just think of I'm a game plan because I'm not trying to be stressed out and, you know, complaining about everything without a game plan. You know what I mean? I need to, like, look at this from, like, a logistical standpoint and be very militant about it. Be like, all right, this is making me feel like this, so maybe I need to X this out of my life. Maybe I need to stop hanging around this person because they're enabling me to, like, do things that's detrimental to my yeah. own health or, like, well-being or others' well health and well-being. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of just, like, started going for walks. I started writing more. And um, because of COVID, like, that's the reason why we started, me and Dom, um, Dom with the producer, we started this. We started the whole Raw Dog project because I remember, like, I told him what happened because I, like, bef when I was going through, like, my own personal issues, when I had, like, my little, like, mental breakdown, I didn't tell anybody. I kind of just, like, dogged it out and just did it on my ones. And, um, um, one day I just went back, I went to his house. I sat at his house for, like, a good, uh, like, two weeks. No, I sat at his house for a couple of days and then I got mad sick. And I felt, and I, and for some reason I actually thought I had COVID. What were the then, symptoms? What'd you have? Like, it was just like headaches, runny nose, just sneezing, just coughing up phlegm all the time. So I'm just like, yeah. Did you get tested? I didn't get tested. I just stayed in my room. And okay, just, fair. Just, yeah, you just did it your own. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, I just, um, cause I was afraid if I got tested and I was actually positive that I was going to get, you know, um, sent back to America. Yeah. And then, you know, since I'm in a relationship, like a committed relationship, I was just like, Hell no. Yeah, you know what I mean? But even though that was irresponsible for the greater good of... But if you if you just isolated for two weeks... Yeah. Then that's... You did the right thing. Yeah, there were people true. walking around Melbourne positive, knowing they were positive. Yeah. yeah like... Yeah, I, I don't get that at all. And <laughs> those are going to be the same people who, like, you know, they get mad when, like, people leave dog crap literally on, yeah. you know, on their front lawn you know what i mean it's just like yeah, hey, he's, he's spreading he's spreading modern day aids right now you know what i mean it's 2020 aids right now so you know cooked um yeah so that's how the project came about so were you and oh we just opened the can of worms yeah we coming out this friday i think we'll just take it from the top down and i love the title of it raw dog and it makes so much sense with how the the I, what do you call it EP mixtape yeah. flows because it is so raw and I think so much music especially commercial hip hop now 
is very crisp and clean whereas uh, two three years ago it was the aesthetic to be really raw yeah so i love it as like an ode to that um when you make tracks and obviously like they're super well produced and i don't mean it in that sense raw but there's a raw energy to them there's a grittiness to them um does that come out just naturally or is that a conscious thing where it's just like i just want this thing to hit so hard i want it to hurt it's just a natural thing like when me and dom are like in the studio or like i'm just get to the like the skin and bones of like how this project came about so like after I, like, recovered from COVID or whatever I had, <laughs> I just, I, I was sick for, like, two weeks straight. And then, um, and that was when I first met uh, Dante. Dante knows. And, because um, I met him once, like, a year ago. But, like, I just woke up from a nap. And I was kind of, like, you know how when you wake up from a nap and you right. just come across somebody just, like, I don't want to talk to you right now. Yeah. And then, um, you know, then, like, I went to Dom's house. And then he was like, hey, Dante's coming over for a session, like, and he's excited to meet you. I told him that you were here. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then, like, once we met up, it was just like a match made in heaven. He's, like, one of my good friends now. And um, that same night, we made Glimpse, and then we made Kappa, which is um, uh, the single that's coming out this Friday with the EP. And, um, and then next thing you know, I, was, I just stayed over at Dom's house for, like, a good two weeks straight, like, I'm just like, I ain't got no money, I can't work, I can't do anything, so I'm going to just do what I'm good at and make music, you know what I mean? Just make music constantly, so we just banged this entire uh, EP out in two weeks, and like 11 tracks, that's a, that's just 11 tracks that we're putting out, but there's so many more tracks that like, you know, just like little demos that we thought were just, you know, that just didn't make the cut, and um, in regards to like what you asked, um, I don't really like deliberately try to be like, oh, I have to be raw. Yeah. It's just like, it's just what comes naturally, you know what I mean? I'm just like, the way I talk on the track is the way I talk to everybody, you know what I mean? It's the way I, I, I talk in my head, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's kind of just like, I see so many people who live it, who, who try to portray this like image that's not even them and they're not even happy and the music shows, the music tells that story what's going on. It's just like, they, they fighting their own demons just yeah. like I'm fighting my own demons but I'm embracing it you know what I mean so like and like just like my life my childhood like my friends my family everything that we all had to go through like back in the states you know what I mean like I was talking to my guard brother the other day and like like this dude got shot in the face you know what mm-hmm. I mean so it's kind of just like like perspective again yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I mean it's like and he survived that he went to jail so you know he came out you know what I mean he's a better person now you know what I mean so like this is the stuff that I had to deal with growing yeah. up you know what I mean like friends getting shot um, you know people getting stabbed like I remember there was some dude that got stabbed right on my front steps bleeding out and then yes. my aunt saw him and then like you know whatever happened happened you know what I mean so like this is why like my music is the way it is you know what I mean big time and they're all humbling experiences yeah. like we sort of spoke about it off camera where oh my god by the way if you're watching this holy shit i'm <laughs> shocking that was so bad but they're all humbling experiences in the sense where it's like every single day up until now because your music is so authentic everything you've experienced is like subconsciously going to leak in somehow no, one way or another and with a lot of and like I don't, I don't want this to just be an hour of like what has hip hop become what has commercial hip hop become because I do love a lot of commercial hip hop of course but it's like a lot of it has lost that edge because it, it feels like it's sort of disconnecting from a lot of the honesty that you know it was birthed on yeah. which is like is a very privileged thing for me to say from Sydney yeah no it's not it's just a perspective you know yeah. I mean? it's, a, it's a perspective that 
needs to be said and appreciated. You know what I mean? Um, I don't really when, when people say stuff like that, I don't really see it as, uh, look at this dude from Sydney. Yeah. He's probably he, does, he he didn't have to deal with anything. It's just like he's speaking it from a perspective that he can only speak on. Yeah, you know? I mean you can't say from my perspective because that would be like weird, you know, <laughs> and like you know and. When people say things, and I'm not saying that I disagree with what you yeah. just said, but when um, when people say things that I generally disagree with, I appreciate it because then it gives me a reason to reinforce what I believe in. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? And now we just live in this age where it's just like, oh, cancel culture, cancel him because he said something I didn't agree with. And the dude was just stating his opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I feel like as bad as it sounds, like we need racist people. You know what I mean? Because like, we wouldn't be able to tell what's racist or not. You know what I mean? We wouldn't be able to be like, oh, this person's treating that woman like that because she's a woman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that's messed up. Yeah, you know what I mean? So, like, I sometimes people, humans need to see that as an example to reinforce why they they are the way they are. You know what I mean? Because when, if we're just, like, mindlessly agreeing with each other and, like, we're just going to be, like, this default, like, you know, just, like, boring species that exactly. just, like, doesn't really have any creativity can't really think of anything we need diversity so badly in every context like my dad was like funny guy my dad greek full greek both my parents full greek he goes mate if i had to eat greek food every day for the rest of my life i wouldn't want to eat again like i'd rather not eat because and it's like obviously food's a very simple example where it's like you live in inner west sydney you go to campsie you go to belmore it's just like diversity king and it's the same thing with opinions. It's like, it just adds, and like, obviously, I'm not talking about like, obvious shit like racism or mm. sexism, but just like, general people being critical about society, people being critical about ideas, mm. and having that diverse opinion, it like just adds flavor to the world. And yeah. so that's like, that's how you evolve as, as a race. Oh, 100%, man. Damn. Raw dog. And yeah, I think that's so special with the whole Domba aspect because a lot of hip-hop has become so disconnected again or a lot of where it's like the relationship between producer and artist and i think that i say a lot of it's because i'm disconnected but at the same time you see it as a bit of a growing trend like look what kenny beats is doing and now he links to certain artists makes full projects with them like madlib full projects with people there's something special about a strong bond between producer and artist yeah um, what do you think that Domba brings the best out of you, and why do you think that relationship works so well? He's just my, he's just my best friend, man. Like, yeah, like I'm just grateful to have him in my life. You know, I, mean? I feel like he saved my life. You know, because like yeah. when nobody else was messing with me when I was back in Boston, like this Indian dude, this Fiji Indian dude from um, Seven Hills. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was just like, "Yo, you got talent. You should come out to Australia." And like, I'm just like. I don't know nothing about Australia, you know. I didn't even know there was Indians in Australia, you know what I mean? I just thought, like, Australia was just, like, a bunch of, like, dead trees and, like, kangaroos and, like... White people, yeah. Yeah, like, dirt roads and stuff. Like, it was, like, the 1800s or something. And then, like, you know, and um, living with him for, for a couple months and just, like, getting so close to his family to the point where it's just, like... I can just I, I can go to his house right now and he doesn't have to be there and like <laughs> his family's like oh hey hey Raj yeah. how you doing no, just another day Roger's here you know what I mean so like it's just the, exactly you know what I mean and like it's just the connection then that we have on a personal level that's the reason that's what makes the music so great you know what I mean because like he's a very strong personality I'm a very strong personality but for some reason it never like 
it never clashes when it comes to music. Like, we don't argue. We don't, like, we had one argument, and that was when I was sick, and he was just like, oh, man, we got to make these tracks. I'm just like, bro, I actually need to, like, take a break. Like, I'm actually... My throat is about to fall out of my Exactly. And, um... So we just got to our because I'm just like, man, you're just being selfish right now. I'm like, I'm actually sick. And, like, your mom's a teacher. If I get her sick and then she gets a bunch of other yeah. kids sick, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be responsible for that. So, um, and that was only, that's the only argument we've ever had. And, like, but when it comes to music, it's just, like, we just sync so well. Like, we have, like, the same taste. We have, we have, this, we have similar tastes, but we also have very different tastes in music. Yeah. And, like, that's why we can just come up with the cakes, the OEOs, and, like, and I remember... When I was back in the U.S., and he was just making, like, you know, these little, like, lo-fi, like, boom-bap beats. I'm just like, bruh, you should start making some, like, trap. Make some trap. Make something loud. Exactly. Like, make something that's going to make me want to, like, rob my own house. You know (laughs) what I mean? And then once he started doing that, he started getting better and better. Because before, he was just like, oh, man, I can't do that. I'm like, nah, you got it. You got it. Like, I know you. Like, you listen to, like, Young Thug and, like, everybody. Like, you got it. You can do it. I believe in you. And once he started doing it, he was just like, oh, yo, we can do it. And then, um, yeah, and, like, that just goes hand in. And there's certain things where he's just like, oh, bro, like, if I'm struggling with a verse, he's just like, oh, man, why are you even stressing out about it? Like, you got it. Like, you're the best rapper in this country. Yeah. Like, you got it. And, like, we just encourage each other, you know what I mean? Like, there's never any shade. There's never any animosity between us. It's just helping each other grow constantly. Big time. A couple of things there. I find it interesting that you say we have, like, similar tastes but not the same taste. Because I feel like I have very similar tastes to some of my mates, but we appreciate the, th- the same things for different reasons. Yeah. And that's almost like what we were just talking about before, where it's like, we have different opinions on things, but we all appreciate the same sort of things, where it's like, we'll listen to, like, Young Thug Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like... Very good album. Yeah. My favorite Young Thug album. <laughs> I think it should be everyone's favorite yeah, yeah. Young, album, Young Thug album. And I like it because, like, one person will have the opinion of, like, oh, it's just, like, his vocal inflection, vocal delivery is so infectious, it's so unique. And then he'll be like, no, it's just super catchy. The beats are crazy. And when, like, you come at from, like, all these angles of appreciation, that's when, like, the, the that's where the, the golden part is. So I think that's super interesting. And I think as well, I don't know if you reflect on this and I'll ask you now. Um, I think it's super hard to find friends in similar creative industries. Mm. And it's like, it's not saying that like, I don't like anyone else that has a podcast or I don't like anyone that is involved in dance or rap music. It's just like, there's two, like the Venn diagrams are two circles. Oh, hundred percent, bro. I don't know if you reflect on like, it being hard to be friends with rappers, but like, not to say that you don't like rappers, but just like, your best friend being a producer, I think is super unique and super special. Yeah, and like, you you got it right, man. Cause like, I, this is, I just refuse to like, have anything beyond a face value friendship with like a lot of rappers you know what i mean outside of like triple one and like the people that like i affiliate myself myself with on the regular like you know what i mean like i really don't go out of my way to be friends with anybody else you know what i mean it's kind of and it's not like it's not coming from like a competitive standpoint it's just like i know the game you know what i mean so i'm not gonna act like these you know little like these little uh What's the word? I don't know. The way... I just know the game and, like, I know what people do. Cut chasing. Yeah, exactly. And just, like, I'm just not interested in it. You know, I'm 25 years old, yeah. man. So, it's kind of just, like, all this, like, little kid stuff. I don't I feel like the music industry is just, like, a reincarnation of everybody's high school yeah. experience. You know what I mean? I'm so glad you said that. Because it's just, like, 
man, the things that I see, and like that's the reason why I'm such a go to work and go straight home type of person now, because it's just like I've seen so much stuff. I've seen so many people like, um, just like sacrifice their integrity, their self respect for like Big time. a friendship that's gonna last no longer than like a year. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's just like, bro, like these people ain't really worth it. You know what I mean? And like obviously, like from a business standpoint, there's a lot that you can gain from it, but like. I'm more about, you know, watering my soul. But there's a difference as well between um, showing respect to another artist. Yeah. Like working on another artist's record. And I got no problem doing that. That's huge. As yeah. in, that's like, and that, I want to make that obvious to anyone listening. It's like, we're not talking about, um, you know, showing respect and being good peers and mm-hmm. like all that shit. Because that's, that's a given. Like, there's no, like, there's, there's no benefit in shitting on people yeah but in terms of like being best friends and like rooming with people that are in similar industries with you especially in a creative industry where it's just so constant in your face it's mm-hmm. like a 24 hour job it's like that's so rare and so so sick that that links yeah and I feel like yeah any any bloggers that want to be vloggers that want to be friends or whatever any podcasters editors music editors don't at me <laughs> I'm not trying to be friends yeah. um Hell yeah. And then, so Dante has two features on the tape? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He's the, he's the only feature. And I, I realized, like, when, when I started making tracks with him, I'm like, damn, like, I don't really, like, do any collabs with people like that. I feel like I, I need to change that. But I think that just came from, um, like, a very, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm a homogenous person. Yeah. You know, like, only, I only mess with people that I'm around constantly. And, like, usually when I'm having any studio session, it's just me and Dom. So, like... 90, 95% of the time the tracks are just going to be Dom producing it and yeah. just me writing two or three verses on it so yeah um, yeah, I'm definitely down to just like work with other people but like I want to work with somebody not for the sake of it looking good for the industry or just uh, oh I'm with these people you know yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to link up with a little little Toucan Sam or whatever whatever <laughs> yeah. these rappers call themselves now just for the sake of doing it because it looks good on Instagram I want to do it because I actually like their music yeah. you know what I mean like, I'm not going to collaborate with anybody where I don't listen to their music at all because I feel like it's not genuine you know I feel like it would be hard for me if Drake shouted me out I'll be flattered I'll be blushing I'll be over the moon but I don't listen to his music so it would be hard for me to like want to like collab with him because I feel like it would just be fake on my end look I'm a high integrity person but if there was a sellout option on the table with Drake, I'm still on my soul. He can have my soul. He can have whatever he wants. I, 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 I know it's the, that's the right thing to do. Because if that happens, my kids, kids, kids. Yeah, you're right. And I don't even give a shit about integrity at that point. If my grandkids are going to be eights for the rest of their life. Yeah, you're of, right. Because of Drizzy, yeah, my boy Drizzy. Yeah, you're right. But then it's just like, I feel I like... I know what you mean though. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's like, like... Drake is just like the most, like, is an exaggerated example. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'll probably never have a track with Drake, but, like, wait, if you want, hey, Drake, if you want Imagine to. Imagine Drake on a Domba, I wouldn't fucking be surprised, because it'll hop I on anything that's hot. I can see it happening. Okay, maybe I shouldn't say I would never collab with Drake, but I would never go out of my way to collab with Drake, you know? Like, I never go out of my way to collab with people unless I'm like, oh, he's a good person. I, I like him. I like, all right, yeah. let, me, let me suss out his music. Oh, I like his music, yeah. you know what I mean? So, like, um, yeah. That's my take on that. <laughs> what about... Alright, well, we're here now. What... 2020. Have you been listening to much music in, 20, in this year? Because I know people have been like, just jumped, falling off the face of the earth. What, like, what... Are you talking about, like, 
Australian artists or just like in general? Global. Global. Oh New yeah, I've been, I did nothing but listen to music. Like I start, I've been listening to a lot of um, because I'm a huge Bones fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, he he inspires a lot of my music, but then. I started like drifting away because like I got tired of listening to like a bunch of like sad boy music. <laughs> yeah, you know I, what I mean, I need to like uplift my mood. So um, I just been like listening to like a lot of like I- I've been listening to uh, Waka Flocka's first album um, a lot recently. I've been listening to like a lot of like techno music, and uh, I've been in the talks with like one of my friends on um, making like a little techno EP. I want I want to get into that, um, but just like producer, I'm not gonna be rapping over techno beats or anything <laughs> like that. Like that'll be weird. Um, I think there's space for that. Like, there's definitely a space for it, but like, I need to like, I need to be able to like grow with the genre and respect yeah. it before I start exactly, I rapping over it. You know, what techno. I mean? What 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 techno are you listening to right here? Um, just like some like crazy shit, man. Um, who, who, who have I been listening to? Um, I forget their names. I don't know. But I, I started listening to. Have you heard of uh, this dude named Cast? Cast. Oh uh, man, I, I heard one song. This one dude, my boy Sedge. He was like, "Yo, have you ever listened to uh, Cast?" K-A-S-S-T and I was like nah he showed me one track and then I listened to his entire EP and like ever since then like I just been binging techno music for like it's it's just like my new drug now and then I'll listen to like techno music and then I'll just go listen to like Gucci Mane talking yeah. about shooting people in the face you know what I mean so like it's just weird how my you music taste is no you wouldn't believe how many people that I've had on here cause like the podcast is hip hop and dance yeah how many people the crossover between the tastes is because I analyze my music taste being for my party music and like obviously there's great hip hop party music but just the way my taste has evolved my party music is all like house and techno and yeah, breaks yeah. and all that shit and then my like sit down listening music is all hip hop mm. but that's it's so common like how like I don't know why I don't know do you see any similarities at all what between the genres yeah or like what? techno and hip hop um, I think there's like a there's a there's an abrasiveness about both of them that is like yeah I, I guess I guess there could be something I don't know I, I just think I just like sound like anything that sounds good like a lot of like techno tracks like there's just always some like melody or like rhythm where it's just like it just makes me want to like hug myself you know <laughs> and then, like I just appreciate that and yeah. like I know people who are just like oh I grew up in this area so I can only like hip hop I'm this certain ethnicity so I can only listen to hip hop I'm just like man like the world is too vast there's too many there's too many options out there to just limit yourself to just one thing because you're black or you're white or you're Latino or something. You know what I mean? It's just like, there's so much music out there that's being made by people that look just like you. Yeah. You would, you'd be surprised at what, how, what some of these people look like. So, um, you know, I just, as an artist, like, I just think it's very important to like be able to appreciate any type of genre. Like I listen to like some country songs. I'm just like, damn son like this <laughs> is em. dope you know what I mean like and some people just listen to country music and it's just like oh this sucks just because they know it's a country song it's yeah. just like man you just gotta listen to like how it makes you feel you know and like yeah like I can go from that I can go to like some gangster music to like techno to like some Taylor Swift or like to like um to like some like J-pop or K-pop or whatever just like I don't know I just feel like as an artist you just gotta be able to like open your ears to everything you know I feel like and I'm not trying to A&R here a and R, your career, yeah, yeah. but I feel like with your delivery over like some glitchy jazz, avant-garde jazz, I'll be down shit, for that. that'd be I'll so be hard. I feel be like down. so many people that do rap over hard stuff would sound so good over a nice soul sample. Yeah, yeah, because it's the contrast that like yeah, it makes it beautiful, you know. Exactly, and like listen to Pusha T, 
it's like just like just breathing down the throat of mm-hmm. the microphone just like almost like just almost just giving it head <laughs> exactly just deep throat <laughs> exactly yeah and he sounds so good over something lush so I reckon next EP uh, yeah I might actually I, I hey for the project that we have coming after Raw Dog like there's gonna, there's, there's, there's gonna be some stuff there's gonna be some stuff huge like, I'm definitely gonna shock some people with what we got coming huge we love it Perry Talks exclusive yeah Perry Talks exclusive <laughs> only, only you get this only you get this um me and every other editorial I work, me and every other magazine I work for. Um, that's super interesting. Oh yeah. Where should we go from here? I feel I, like my mind's like, where can we take this conversation? Oh, we could take I know, it anywhere, I know. man. We could take it anywhere. Just ask me something and then I'm pretty sure my answer is just going to, I'm going to give you like 30 million answers that can lead to something else. All right, so this is what I'm thinking in my head right now. One. We can obviously go to the story of getting to Australia. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if you're even sick of talking about that, but we're definitely seen on it. But I feel like it's just like one of those things that I have to tell people because like <laughs> it's such a, it's, it's, it's weird that I'm here. I think about it every day. <laughs> we'll get to it at the end then. Yeah. What do you think? And like, I just love, I like, and I'm obsessed with the EP, of course. Very fortunate to have already listened to it. But I'm also obsessed with just like Raw Dog as a title yeah. and as a name. And I think it really exemplifies you as an artist not just sonically like we've talking about spoken about yeah but like you've said raw and dog so many times oh 100 percent. do you feel like this tape is like your like your welcome project almost even though you do have i feel yours, like or do you think this is like your first like do you feel do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah yeah i feel like it's my i feel like it's my first project where like i feel like i know what i'm doing yeah. now you know what i mean i have i'm not saying i have like vast resources but like I actually have people that I can send it to and like they can do something with it you know what I mean um I feel more confident you know I feel more confident myself I feel more confident um in the people that are around me because like when I dropped Never Safe like that was just me and Dom like oh it's finished SoundCloud and in a week all right boop it's everywhere now and like it just fell on deaf ears you know what I mean um and now with Raw Dog I feel like even with like the little buzz or following that I have now, I feel like it has the potential to do something crazy and that will help amplify like all the music that I already have out now. You know what I mean? Um, and um, I feel like it's just something, especially the things that I talk about on the project and like the things that I'm addressing, um, I feel like it's just brutal honesty. And um, I don't know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just ready for this to come out. So once, the clubs and like venues open I can start performing cause like I, I be performing these tracks when I take showers and I'm just like <laughs> oh man like people are gonna go crazy once they hear it exactly and I feel like it's super interesting that it's come from in your past what two years have just been singles and features yeah. great singles for that matter and they've sort of put you on the radar as well where people are sort of looking for the project now yeah do, what do you think unifies these tracks more than any of the features before was it just writing it during that period of time and everything just being in that fortnight or yeah, so or do yeah. you think that there's something separate that like these tracks just feel different to the singles that you were putting out i think i think it's all relative like i, I feel like even from like jitter like i feel like jitter kind of like um put me on a map that's why i have the utmost respect and like you know i'm just grateful for triple one um because i remember when when we made that track, that was the first time I've ever met them. Like, cause yeah, I had no yeah. idea who the hell they were. Like, prior to to, to that um, night, and then um, when we made Jitter, 
uh, I heard Marty's. Uh, I heard Marty's verse. Well, we, it was supposed to be another track, but I didn't like the track that <laughs> they wanted me on. I'm just like, oh no, nah, I can't. Nah. And um, although I felt, you know, most people will feel bad saying something like that. It was just like, if you want the best version of yeah, me exactly. on, a, on, on a collab, me, yeah. like make it. I want to make yeah. sure it's something that I like, you know. And um, um, and then they played the the Jitter instrumental, and then um, Obi already had his verse. And then Marty already had his verse on it, or I think he had to finish his verse. And then I'm just like, oh, bro, like, I, I, I saw I saw their following, and then I, I'm, and then I saw like how good their music is. I'm just like, oh man, I gotta make the verse for the ages. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way. And then once um once Billy started uh, playing the beat, just adding a little finishing touches here mm-hmm. and there, like, I'm like, uh, I need to kill this. And I, I, I can't, I, I got, I, I just got to do it for my people's back home. Cause like, it was like the first track that I did in Australia where it's just like, it kind of just like gave me something. It kind of gave, it gave me a name yeah. uh, in some sort. And, um, literally like 10, 15 minutes, my verse was already done. And then I was just like, damn, and that kind of started everything. So I was just like, oh, all right. People just thought that I just get on the mic and just start screaming and swearing and all that. You know what I mean? But just like, if you want to talk about lyricism, it's just like, I can do that too, and I feel like nobody's really messing with me in that regard. They might have the following, the platform, blah blah blah. But if you want to talk about lyrics, it's just like I'm that dude for that. You know what I mean? Um, I got the story, I got the life. You know what I mean? Like I, I got the experiences. It's just like nobody's touched me in that regard. So um, that kind of just led to everything else. And I felt like tracks after Jitter, it just, it just, it was just second nature. Just yeah. like I felt like I was coming into my own. It's just like, what's um? Do you, do you watch a lot of basketball? I did not watch okay. any basketball. Okay, I'm not going to bring it but up. But I have, no, I have, a, I have a big appreciation for basketball, though. And, like, I understand how it works. Yeah. I'm just not. Like, I, I'm, I'm a massive sports fan. So, yeah. I know more than the average person probably about basketball. Well, I, I was just going to say, well, I, I just imagine somebody, like a young player, like, getting his first start. And yeah, then he I just, know, like, yeah. goes crazy. He drops, like, 30, 40 points. Yeah. And then that track gave me the confidence. Like you can do it. Yeah, like, like I can do it, and like I know people are gonna like it. So like now every track I approach is just like I'm not gonna go up there and just say anything and expect people to like it. But I know if I put in the effort, I put in the time, like it's just gonna be undeniable. And just like and now for me, I feel like it's just the the marketing side of it. It's just like the whole branding side of it. I feel like that's where I like, and that's where I need to hold myself accountable and taking the time to like learn all that stuff because that's one thing I appreciate about Triple One too like they know how to create a brand that's identifiable with the demographic that listens to their music without compromising any integrity or still being like while still being true to themselves as well yeah, yeah exactly and that's what I love about them because like they're still they're still them you know yeah. um, alright we're going to get to branding and yeah. if I forget about talking about branding you have to call me out on it uh, right. we started talking about sports and I literally wrote it here it's in my notes so this isn't a sidetrack what do you think of Australian sports? Rugby league, AFL, cricket, anything. What do you think of them? I don't really, I don't really know too much about it to be honest. Like, um, I need your, I need your, your bias. I feel like opinion. with rugby, I need you just to shit on them if you need to. I feel, I feel like with rugby, like I appreciate the the grittiness of it. Yeah, but like I feel like I'm like if my my thing is like with sports. The goal is to my. If I'm running the ball, I'm trying to score every single time. I feel like with rugby, they just run straight into the next dude they see, and I'm just. It, then it just looks like a bunch of like drunk dudes just like <laughs> tackling each other. You know what I mean? And like, I don't want any like footy players to like try to punch me in the face. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not shitting on the sport, but it's just like 
I like how this is why I like how um, this is why I love American football so much because like it's a very complicated sport and it's very tactical. You know, certain people have specific tasks that they need to do in order for the team to win. And I feel like it's just like, oh, I'm walking this way. Oh, the ball just happens to be in my hand. Now I gotta run into this six foot five like Tongan dude <laughs> that's gonna like knock my shit out. You know what I mean? So it's just like, um, I don't know. It's just. I appreciate because I went to the All Blacks and Wallabies game like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and um, Australia, they, they they just got they just got smacked around. It's just like, <laughs> man, why I just running into like juke somebody spin? You know what I mean? Like do something, man. But like you know, I, I appreciate it. I, I don't I don't hate on it. I know it's not an easy sport because I know if I try to do it, it's just like you yeah, know, it's, it's just a different skill set to what I'm used to. And um, but you know, I, I just I just like contact sports, so I appreciate it in that regard. But like, I just need to understand it more before. I really give a fair judgment of it. I feel like you'd appreciate rugby league more in that case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, rugby, well, I, I feel like it's just, uh, to me, from uh, from the outside looking in, it, it, it just looks like the same sport to me. I don't really know yeah, too yeah, much yeah. about either. But if you're going to, if you're going to try, and I'm going to get shit for this as well. If you're going to, if you're going to be like, I'm going to try get into one of these, yeah. go to rugby league. Don't go to rugby union. Nah, it's nah. a dying sport. It is a dying sport. Well, why is it a dying sport? Um, it just hasn't evolved. If you look at, like, rugby league is way faster, yeah. way more attacking. It's less just, like, what is going on. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. And it's just, like, way faster, less stoppages. It's like, let's just go. Like, it's just... Yeah. And it's just way easier to watch from a neutral perspective. Mm. Um, but, yeah, if you're going to get into one, go rugby league. Yeah. But if you want to get into Australian cricket culture, Australian sports culture, you have to enjoy cricket. That's like number one. It's like know, the I, hardest shit in the world to do. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I, I just can't get into cricket. I don't understand it. It, it just looks like. It, it just looks like homeless people baseball. You know, just like. <laughs> it just looks like homeless. Ba- it's just like you know we're gonna be out in the sun for like sixteen business days, and then we're just gonna throw this ball, and like everybody's wearing like white polo outfits. It's just like I don't know. I, I just can't. I just don't understand. That's the thing. Like, I don't understand the sport, so I feel like my assessment of it is just—it's just not fair. You know? There's a beauty in people talking about things they know nothing about, though. Yeah, but you know I, mean? I feel like I feel like cricket is like Australia's NASCAR. Because okay, like, yeah, that's like I don't know, I like that. Because like, like I don't know why people just sit there and like watch traffic <laughs> just go in circles. But this thing, cricket, cricket culture isn't toxic. A lot of NASCAR culture is toxic. Oh, oh yes, yeah, okay. I, I don't know too much about cricket, but yeah, NASCAR culture can be toxic, you know? But I just feel like it's just the demographic that it, that it caters to, you know? I mean, it's just like a bunch of like hillbilly rednecks in the <laughs> South, so it's just like, that, that's what you're going to expect. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? So if you got, if you watch the NBA, you're going to see a lot of like black people with like dreadlocks and like braids yeah. and stuff, you know? That's just what you got to expect. So like, you know, but with cricket, it's just like, I, yeah, I, I really yeah, don't know what to expect. I don't know the sport. Like, growing up, like, when I played, like, uh, Little League football, yeah. um, there was just all these, like, Jamaican dudes because, um, like, uh, since the the British colonized, like, a lot of the Caribbean, yeah. like, my parents are Caribbean, um, so they kind of just brought all the sports and, like, you know, all the customs to these countries. So, like, I, like, I grew up around cricket, but, yeah. like, I just thought it was just a dumb sport. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love cricket. Well, like, and I, no, no, no. I, 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 I don't take offense though. I don't think yeah, anyone listening yeah, yeah. is going to take offense because I think everyone that watches cricket knows if you're watching it from another country, it's like, what the fuck is going yeah, on? Yeah, it's yeah. definitely a sport. If I didn't grow up with it, like, like in amongst it, there's no chance I'd enjoy it as yeah, much yeah. as I do now. See, that's the thing. That's why, like, I need to because I plan on living in Australia. Like, Australia is like my my yeah. my, my home country now. Like, 
I feel like I just need to get them. I, I feel like I need to watch it drunk and like get watching it. No, it, that'll make it worse. Really? You won't enjoy it. You're going to be like, there's nothing happening. But if you watch rugby league drunk and people start smacking each other, yeah. that's, that's but, but, but like, that's just like, it's just constant, just like caveman, like Neanderthal, just like contact. You know what I mean? But like with cricket, it's, it's just like, I don't know, man. But like, you're, you'd, if you enjoyed cricket, you'd enjoy it for the same reasons you like American football. Or oh, I could just call it American football. Uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> it's the widest shit ever. <laughs> but yeah, but like there's so much to cricket where like if I watch American if I watch what even gridiron? Yeah, well, oh, is that, yeah, we just call it football. We just okay. Football. If you, if I watch football, <laughs> football. <laughs> if I watch football, um, I I love it. I'd appreciate it for the same reason that I appreciate cricket, where it's like I've got no idea what's going on, but I know every step someone takes, every every position everyone's in is for a very valid reason. Same yeah, thing with cricket. I need to have that same approach for like like footy and like cricket you know what I mean? no just, not i don't know the positions i don't know the people's names you know what i mean see that's the reason why you i need a mentor I, exactly i need somebody who's gonna like sit me down and be like hey raj that's uh brad i don't know i love how brad was the first <laughs> quintessential australian name brad um man i got you next yeah, time we, there's cricket on yeah yeah just let me know i'll pull up we can watch it i'll together. bring a clipboard yeah. yeah yeah exactly um oh shit we've Let's get back to it. All right, all right. And I, you spoke about Australia being like your home now, yeah. and you see it as being your home for the future as well. What is it? What about Sydney? Do you think? And like, I, I'm super interested to hear this from an outsider's perspective, yeah. but you're voluntarily an insider. But what do you think about Sydney? Is so welcoming. What do you think is so homely about Sydney on being uh, on this side of the world? It's not really like the welcoming aspect of it. <laughs> I just think of it from like a practical. Like, if I'm gonna like have kids and raise a family here like yeah or anywhere like i feel like somewhere with that offer is you know free health care you know what i mean it's just the practicality of australia that's that's what you know because i'm thinking for the future now yeah, I feel like i'm time. at that age where it's just like man you know like I'm, I'm getting to that age where it's time to start you know thinking about kids yeah. and like having buying a house or whatever just ha- having those things that everybody you know would like to have you yeah know? big time so um you know uh, just seeing like you know the whole um, medical, the healthcare crisis in America and how that works, just like I don't want to have to put myself through that. I don't want to have to put like my kids through that. Yeah. You know, I want to make sure like they they're covered. You know what I mean? Like at the cost of education is a lot better here, and like even like um. But we don't have guns. That, that that that's the one thing about Australia that like I wish they can fix. But I understand it. I understand it. You guys don't have a stubborn po- uh, exactly, population. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like America, we're just we're just stubborn people you know that's what makes us us that's what makes our sport so great that's what makes yeah. everything about america so like crazy like you know appealing because crazy just don't yeah, like to intense, listen yeah. yeah do you think that the um the like all the myths about australia from america and europe are true like australian people just laid back they don't give a shit about anything did you feel that when you came over here yeah i, I could still i could still see it now i feel like um i don't know see that, that that's the thing like in America, we have such a like individualistic like, um, like mindset. Yeah. A lot of the times, and like over here, like me, I'm all about minding my business. You know what I mean? So like, I don't really like look forward to just playing, looking at someone. Oh hey, how's it going? You know what I mean? Like, if we make eye contact, I'll give them the. Hey, yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah, you know, I'm not a threat. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> but like, you know, like sometimes people. I remember like 
it was just um, some random dude at a bus stop, and I'm just walking by, and he just like stopped me, and we had like a 20 minute conversation. He's just like, I'm not used to that. I'm just used yeah. to, especially with like the whole po- uh, political climate in the U.S. Like people ain't doing that. Yeah, people ain't doing that in the U.S. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of judgmental people there. So um, you know, like it's, it definitely took some time for, and I'm not saying everybody's that yeah, friendly in Australia. Yeah. There's always there's always like some asshole, yeah. but like um, you know. That aspect of Australia, I think, is dope. Um, and I, I don't know. It's just like, since my parents um, are immigrants, like my mom's from Haiti, my dad's from Jamaica, um, since they migrated to America when they were young, um, I kind of just, I don't know. I, I, it's not like I deliberately just wanted to just, like, fulfill that destiny, but, like, I'm like I'm in this position now, and I feel like I can start something from scratch that I can call my own. Yeah. So like, why not do it? Exactly. Why not do it? Because not that many people get that opportunity to, that that I have. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just like just take advantage of it. Big time. And I think the thing about Australia is, in America, America's at the point of having conversations about race and about social political issues, but Australia we just sweep it under the carpet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like, especially this year with how political this year has been, there has been, for the first time, I think, in a very long time, actual discussion about how racist Australia can be. And, like, being NAIDOC week this week as well, I think it's super interesting how, even though, like, people think Australians are like, oh, they don't give a shit about anything. But because of that, it's like, so much, there's just so much um, complacency in Australia as well with our social political issues. Well, I feel like Australia's social political issues like hasn't been put on the forefront like that. No, that's not, why. Yeah. That's why that there's exactly, this attitude yeah. about it. So, but like in America, everything we do is just on art. Like news that's in a our, like American news is world news. You know what yeah. I mean? But like you know like Macedonian news, like nobody exactly, knows what's yeah. going on over yeah, here. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like um, that's why we kind of have the foot on the gas pedal to like make these changes because everybody's watching watching, everybody's watching so like Australia's getting to that point especially with like and I feel like the reason why everybody pays attention to America because our greatest export is entertainment exactly our greatest export is sports you know what I mean and our military you know what I mean so like we kind of just like everybody's just paying attention it's easy to do that when you have when we have all that all this all these distractions going on exactly but um and plus, like Australia is like a relatively young country, you know what I mean? Like, true. And it's the de- it's still I feel like I still feel like it's developing, you know, a, a young country in terms of colonization. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Australia's Australia's gonna have this day. I think it's just it's just gonna take some time. This is just the growing pains, you know. This is just the part of the relationship where you know you just still getting to know each other. Where it's painful, it's awkward, you know, yeah, it's exactly. cringy. But um, and I, I just think honestly. There's just gonna be how there's just gonna have to be some generations that have to die out, you know, before we can actually get it. Because the the older generations are just too stubborn, you know what I mean? Like they're afraid. It's just like, oh, I've been acting like this for so long. Like I don't know, how, I don't know how to be anything else. Exactly. You know what I mean? So like, and know, we give we give older people a pass, just like oh, they're old. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's just like that shouldn't be an excuse. Like I exactly. remember, I remember um, this old guy. I was on a train one day, and it was just me and Dom and like a couple of other people. And, like, this old guy, he was just, like, yelling at these kids. And, I, and then I remember I said something, like, why are you yelling at these kids for? Like, like they don't they don't know any better. Like, chill out. Like, this isn't, like, the quiet carriage yeah. of, of the train where, like, everybody has to be silent. Yeah. So it's just, like, this is what you, you should expect from yeah. him. And then he's, like, oh, it's like, shut up. Like, whatever Dude. you Australians be saying. You know what I mean? Your like, Australian accent is actually pretty good. That was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, um, 
he was just and I just got real pissed off and then somebody was just like he's old leave him alone but I'm just like Yo, he can't defend himself. I'm just like, well, he should have thought of that before he started. Well, you're not talking. gonna, you're not gonna smack him yeah, out. Yeah, like, exactly. Just having a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. But I feel like some people just need to be put in their place. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter if you're old, young. It's just like respect is respect. Like these are just little kids. Exactly. They're you just doing their thing. Exactly. Like yeah. Like they're they're not just they're not just annoying you. They're annoying me too. But just like I understand because I was at that point yeah. in my life too. You were he he that guy was he, you were you know what I mean. We were all like annoying kids at one point. It's just like I just didn't appreciate, and especially when like. Um, you know, it didn't really look like the mom was like, you know, confident in herself to like defend her yeah. children or like say anything. She just, she just kind of took it. And I just felt bad. I'm just like, like leave these kids alone. It's not like they're not touching you. They're not doing anything. Just like, just leave them alone, man. Yeah. And like even reflecting on like U.S. politics being, you're not U.S. U.S. news being global news. Even I, not, not I haven't been invested in the election. Yeah. But I've definitely kept a very close eye on it. Like, there's this awesome streamer. Hassan, I shout him out pretty much every episode because we always get to fucking American politics for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hassan Park is really good, and it, I was watching his like twelve, like I watched his stream like on Twitch for like two days straight. Yeah, and just like just seeing what the discourse is in America right now, and it's super interesting. Um, how is it watching like an election from the other side of the world? Like, did you weigh in on it at all, or was it just like um, this is cool? <laughs> I don't know because like I got into an argument at work with um with this one girl. Um, and she was just like, oh, are you happy that Biden's in office and Kamala Harris, like, she's such a boss. And I'm just like, she hasn't done anything yet. Yeah. They haven't done anything yet. Just be, And I just hate this whole rhetoric around just like anybody but Trump. You know why? Because I heard the same thing when Obama was in office. Anybody but Obama. You know what I mean? It's kind of just like when Obama was in office, the right was just being so petty towards Democrats. And now that when Trump was in office, it was the same thing. And it's just like. Where, what steps forward are we actually taking? You know what I mean? And I feel like with Biden, it's just going to be the same thing again. And I feel like with Biden, like, and this whole anybody but Trump attitude is kind of just like, oh, I'll date anybody, like, any, absolutely anybody just because it's not my toxic ex. Exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, that doesn't mean the next person isn't going to be just as toxic. You know what I mean? And it's kind of just like, I, I, and, I just hate the emotional approach. I feel like with politics, there shouldn't be no emotion. It should just be logic. You know what I mean? Diplomacy should be the main focus. It shouldn't be emotionally driven because now with media, it's kind of just like in order for them to like sell what they're trying to, the story that they're trying to put out to the world, it's kind of just like, especially, I I see this with Al Jazeera a lot. Um, Whenever I get like a notification on my phone, it's always just like, black man shot 29 times, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, why do you have to say, like, why do you have to mention the fact that he's black? You know what I mean? It's kind of just like, what, do you just say that? Do you use like these explosive words to like, definitely, it helps your, their revenue margins. Yeah, but it's just like, I feel like it just takes away from the actual story. Yeah. It takes away from that person's humanity. You know yeah. what I mean? Say his name. You know what I mean? It's like, acknowledge him as a human being, not just as like an ethnicity. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what the Democrats, um, and, and I hope people will listen to this. This doesn't mean I support Trump or voted for <laughs> yeah, Trump, yeah. but like, I'm just looking at it. I'm not looking at it from, oh, I'm Democrat, I'm Republican, I'm Libertarian or whatever. I'm just looking at it as, I just want the best for my country. Exactly. I just want the best for my country. And do I think Trump was the best person? I don't know. Do I think Biden's the best person? I don't think so. You know what I mean? I just feel like he just kind of got in. He's just like, oh, you know. He fell in. Yeah, yeah, yeah he kind of just line. fell in. He has a black vice president, especially amidst all this like racial tension that's going on in the U.S. It was a corporate move. It was a corporate move, you know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I'm going to give him the time. 
to like prove something, I'm not gonna be like, oh no, nah, like I'm just I'm not just gonna disregard him like right away. Exactly. But it's kind of just like you know, let me give him the time to actually make some changes because I know it's gonna take time, and that's all. That, that's the best thing you can get with politics is time <laughs> and effort. But it has to be a collective thing. With the way politics is structured as well, it's almost it's not impossible, but it's very hard to have a president or prime minister in Australia even in place that actually has the best interests of their of the pop like the vast population. Yeah, yeah. Because just the way it's structured. Yeah, it's all personal interests and it's kinda of exactly. just like Like so no matter what, yeah. Yeah. There's gonna be a compromise. Yeah, somebody's always gonna be upset and it's just like what can I just look at it? What's the least thing that's going to make me upset? You know, do things that aren't going to make me as upset. You Bernie know? Sanders, exactly. But but even with Bernie Sanders, exactly. even with Bernie Sanders, it's kind of just like America ain't the place for for like socialism. Exactly. Man. I, I believe in capitalism. I believe in capitalism. There you Sim- go. Simply because um, it reflects our human nature. You know what I mean? So you got to be the best. It encourages you to like sell the most, and although like these corporations take advantage of a lot of people, but it's just like who allowed them to become that way? We 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 still support these companies, even though we know all, all the, exactly. the the bad all things the that they, they do. do. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we're a product of that, yeah. And when we can change that, we can make capitalism a, a very a very um you know a very good thing. But like we choose to like, but we we have to wait for it to be posted on Instagram with like some like cute little font or whatever. And like some, some cute little girl, like telling the story, you know what I mean? It's just like, why do we have to wait for these things? And like, we see it in front of us every day, but we don't say it. But like, once we see it on social media, like that's when we care about it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm kind of just like, when I see Australians talking about like American politics, I'm just like, just shut up. You don't know. You know that. what I mean? Because, like, you didn't have to grow up in these neighborhoods. You don't have your family members getting shot. You don't have friends getting shot and killed, going to jail, whatever. It's just, like, stop speaking from a perspective that you have no experience from. Yeah. And I, I appreciate the concern, but it's just, like, you legit have no idea, like, what you're talking about. Exactly. Because, like, this doesn't affect you. On a global scale, it can affect you, but... It affects I, the global geopolitics. It doesn't affect whether I'm going to get yeah. a chicken for lunch or... It, it, a, like, it, it doesn't exactly. affect... Exactly. Like, and, like... <laughs> Like, that's just the one thing that just, like, pisses me off when I get into, like, political discussions about American politics with, like, Australians. It's just, like, you don't understand the domestic side of America. You just know L.A., New York, Miami, you know, Texas. Lil Nas X. Exactly. Like, that's all you know. Like, that's literally all you know. And, like, whatever happens there, that you know what I mean? It's kind of just, like, you don't understand. I don't know. I feel like I'm getting too emotional. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) We're on capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like... Even though you do exist in an underground community, maybe not even underground anymore, with the way Australian hip hop sort of being perceived and engaged with right now. Yeah. Um, and like you obviously think critically about a lot, and it's been evident we've been speaking for an hour yeah. about just life and you know not just music but just how we engage with the world. How have you found how have you found marketing yourself and and you said it before like you need to work on the marketing as well. Um, where do you need to get to? How have you found marketing yourself? What are some of the challenges in just like putting yourself out there and like trying to sell your music other than the music itself? Um, I feel like one thing that I constantly think about is kind of just like, how can I, and this is what I said about Triple One earlier, is that they created something that their fans can identify with. So I'm thinking, what can I do to make the people who are interested in me right now, like how can they identify with me? You know what I mean? Like, I don't have the accent. I'm not... I wasn't born and raised in these suburbs. You know what I mean? Like, I don't talk the slang. You know what I mean? So, like, what can I do 
that can also differentiate myself from everybody else, but make this this person who grew up in, I don't know, like St. Mary's or something or whatever to be like, yo, I want to be a part of his culture. His Like, that's yeah. a winning culture right there. I want to join his team. You know, so like that's that's something that I ask myself all the time. And because um, nowadays it's just like, just being a good rapper ain't enough. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta have the full package. You gotta be the real deal. So um like, you know, me and like the people that I have around me, we we, we talk about that all the time. But um, there's just so many variables that go into like making music and pieces. So the people who aren't affiliated or have any ins and outs about the music industry itself, particularly in like Australia, like they just think, oh, you just release a song, it gets on the Spotify playlist. Triple J plays it like once at like three a.m. <laughs> like, oh, you're, you're living, you know, you're, you're living. It's just like. Nah, I mean, there's so much more. Like, I want so much more from this, but it's just like, it's, it's a constant game of chess that I'm just trying to learn. So many people don't accept that it is a constant game. Like, so many artists are with the mindset of like, I'll just get a Triple J play. Yeah. Purple Sneakers will review my song. Yeah. And we'll be good. Yeah. Uh, Listen Out will book me. It's fine. But, but it don't work like that. Yeah. You got you gotta, your network skills. Like, it's about what, cra- what crowd you're in, who you affiliated with. Like, all that plays a part. All that plays a part, and like I had to accept that. But the fact that you have accepted it is always already like ten steps further forward than so many, I think, artists. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The Instagram's cooked. Have you watched the Social Dilemma? Uh, is that on Netflix? Yeah, that one. I think I watched like ten minutes of it, but then I just started. It's too watching real. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was it's just like, real. man, I can't, I can't. But <laughs> I, I'll probably, I'll probably watch it tonight. Now that you've brought it up, um, it's worth it. Um, it, it'll just reaffirm everything you've thought about you've already and like given your mind yeah. and I give you a lot of credit for your mind so it'll just reaffirm everything you already know about social media but someone saying that someone else saying that other than just being your internal thoughts is like holy shit this is powerful oh, 100% man 100% and like I feel like with social media it's just like that's what we created that's why I understand why people can like you know like there'll be people be like oh man Instagram is so bad it creates it makes people insecure. It gives them bad body image issues, blah, 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 and all this stuff. But it's just like, you're going to be on Instagram. You're going to look through everybody's stories. They're going to be doing the same stuff they did six months ago. Yeah. You're going to be complaining about the same stuff. Oh, guys are like this. Girls are like this, blah, blah, blah. Obama, Donald Trump is a piece of whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you're going to entertain that. We entertain it every day. So it's just like, you can't really say anything. Exactly. It's, it's the people that complain's fault. Yeah. like it's it's all of our fault it, that, like yeah. it's so powerful in our lives and it just gives us that constant like dopamine hit you know what I mean like that's why I stopped jerking off because like and watching porn because like it, it just kept my mind my brain kept craving this hit of dopamine that I was chasing for no reason exactly. you know what I mean like it got me off my game it got me off my purpose and social social media does the same thing because there's always something new to look at the channel's at. the same it's addiction yeah it's an addiction and like some people don't see it like that just like that's the reason why you're having trouble sleeping that's the reason why you can't focus because your brain's just like uh, I don't know know what to do Uh, I don't know how to talk to people so I just gotta look at my phone real quick it's just like no like humans weren't meant for this we're yeah. not we're not meant to like be slouched that's why in I feel like in like the year like 2285 like we're all gonna be slouched like this because of generations and generations just like looking at their phone you know Big time. and like it's just it's just crazy how like it's right in front of us but we choose to ignore it you know what I mean like this didn't happen out of nowhere you allowed it to ha- we allow exactly. it to happen we allow it to happen it's just like it's, it's a collective thing that we all gotta work on but like I think it's just 
it has to just be an awakening from it has to be an individual by individual basis on the awakening part of it you know but hopefully we can get there do you think social media or the way music the way social media has changed music and the creation of music and how music sounds will ever affect your work or do you think just your integrity and the the sound will never change it'll always be raw because oh. I can see I, I think that some artists and I think I really respect Lil Nas X because mm. I think he's played the game so well yeah. without compromising his personality much at all do you think that you could are you the type of person that could like sort of just like morph in a little bit or do you think you're the sort of type that is just like zero compromise ever um oh, it, it depends like when it comes to like music if you want me to release some music, it has to be something that I like, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. there's, there's so many times where like, people are just like, oh, I like this song, I like this song, we're just like, I don't. And I'm, I'm talking about my music, <laughs> stuff that I've made, like little yeah. demos here and there, just like, oh, you gotta release it, but just like, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like the verse, I don't like, I don't like my, my, my cadences, I don't like how many syllables I used in this bar, like, like I get that technical with yeah. my music, you know what I mean? I count my syllables as just like, Cause some people like they just use too many. They they'll use like eighteen syllables in on a on one bar for like a thirty-two bar verse. You know what I mean? It's just like it's just not gonna make sense because yeah. you're just gonna be like you know it's just gonna you're gonna be speeding up and slowing down. You know what I mean? But that's only because I only pay attention to that stuff because I majored in journalism and English. So like like I just love the you should English, host this podcast. Yeah yeah. I I just love the English language. I have such a profound like you know appreciation for it. So like I just understand it from that part so much. But um. Yeah, like, I don't know, I, I feel like I can come around to, like, making certain types of music or whatever, but, like, at the it end of the day, it has to be something that yeah. I like, you know? Huge. All right. I don't think we're going to get time to go fully into the whole story, but we've already spoken about it. If you want to just very, as brief as you can, talk about US to Australia, what happened, how did you end up here? So... In the simplest terms. In the simplest terms, so... This, so I went to this high school called Marblehead High School, which is like an hour and a half away from where I live because I grew up in Dorchester in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that time, when I was like in like eighth grade, seventh grade, me and my mom we moved. So once we moved, um, that kind of just messed up everything financial for us. So like, and I got accepted to like all the exam schools, but like all these schools were like fifteen, twenty k a year just for high school. Jesus. You know what I mean? So like. Um, I was going to go there, play football, get my little football scholarship and go to the NFL and like, you know, life is good. Exactly. But that didn't happen. But uh, so me at that young age, I, underst- I understood what I had to sacrifice. I had to sacrifice, you know, getting a pristine education and, and you know, a, a, a good training, um, a good football team that can train me and get me where I need to be. So I ended up going to Marblehead High School, which is like an hour and a half because I was in this um, – because I got into this program called MECO. And um, it just takes kids, like, out the hood and just takes them to, like, all these, like, little suburbs to, like, go to high school. And, but the thing is, like, they do it – they claim that it's for the sake of diversity. But, like, these schools just gets, like – all these schools get grants for having, like, off a certain – yeah. yeah, yeah uh, they get grants for having a certain amount of black kids at, at their school. So, like, you know, it's not really genuine at all. They just want the money. Um, so, yeah, so when I started going to Marblehead High School, um, I made my group of friends and then – there was this one kid named Natty 
who went to a who went to like St. John's Prep, which is in Danvers, which is like I don't know, 15, 20 minutes away from Marblehead. But he lived in Marblehead, so he knew all my friends, and I became really good friends with him too. So um, he ended up going to like the University of Michigan with some dude who lived who went to Castle Hill High School. There you go. And then after we all graduated high school, and then it was like our first time like meeting up again. Um, uh, my boy Natty, he was like, "Yo, I have a friend from Australia who I want you to meet." I think you'll like him. You so, you know, I take my black ass all the way out to Marblehead just to go hang out with this dude. Yeah. And then that's when he was like, oh, yeah, I heard you rap. But at that time, like, um, I was still playing football. And then I was in the works of, like, playing college football. So, like, I was about to get accepted to another yeah. school, to, to a college. Because at that time, I took my gap year so I can, like, work and, like, figure myself out. Because like, previously, I got kicked out of, a, um, like, a, like, a boarding school. For like only football players, yeah. And then I got kicked out for like financial reasons and a bunch of other stuff, like fights and all that stuff. And um, um, yeah. And then once that happened, um, he told me to send this dude a friend request <laughs> that makes beats. And then he sends me to do his profile and his dumb, his Dumba. So I added Dumba. This is like 2014, so I'm like 19 at the time. Um. And then I had Dombo on Facebook, and he's like, yo, like, what's up? Like, Nick told me about you. I'm like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then that same night, Dom sends me a free beat. So I'm like, oh, I got to record to this. Yeah. But I didn't really think anything of it because at this, I'm, in, I'm still in football player mode. I'm about to go to college. I'm about to play college football. Like, college football, playing college football in America is a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you're, like, one of the elite in the country. So, like, um. Because, like, it goes, is it NFL, then, like, the underneath college football yeah yeah yeah. and then high school yeah. and then like pop one or whatever so like um i didn't think anything of it but then once i stopped playing fo- college football i like fractured my knee again mm. and then I've, I've had like i've already had like four knee surgeries Jesus prior to the second break and i've already uh taxing that's so taxing yeah yeah man and then i broke my tibia and my fibula and then i also sprained my mcl all in the same knee my left knee my left knee is like destroyed and then after, and also like with all the concussions and stuff. And um, so this is like 2015. So I'm like, man, I think I want to be able to like play with my kid, my grandkids yeah, exactly, when I'm yeah. older. So like, I, I can't be playing this anymore. So um, 2015, I dropped out of school. Um, I just started working. I built a studio at my house, started making music, was trying to learn how to produce and all that. And just working like these little odd jobs or whatever. And then, um, and then I remember 2016, Dom was like, yo, you need to come out to Australia. I'm like, I know nothing about Australia. Like, and at this time, I moved out of home. I moved out of home when I was like 19, 20. Yeah. So like, I'm living in this apartment, like a couple roommates or whatever. So um, yeah, Dom was like, yo, you should come out here. And then I'm like, all right, whatever. So I did what I had to do to save up some money to um, just so I can have some spending money out here. And then he was like, yeah, come out here. So I came out here December 3rd, 2016. I stayed until January 27th, 2017. And then... Um, the best time of you in the show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, it was fun. And then um, during that time, we made my first EP, uh, Too Ready to Die. And then, um, yeah, then I came back to America. And then he was like, yo, bro, you got to come back. Because that's when we realized, like, bro, like, I love this dude. Like, yeah. he's my best friend. He's, like, one of my cool. He's one of my closest friends. So I came back for a second time. For a couple months, went back to America in June, and then I was like, yo, then this is still 2017, so I was just like, yo, so I went to Australia three times in one year. There you go. And then, um, um, and then I finally came back December, no, September 2017, 
and then I've been here ever since. Huge. Yeah. What a story. It's actually so incredible. Yeah, man. And reflecting on that as well, um, if you told me three years ago or four years ago that someone, and you're from Australia, so like as in when I say this, I mean that someone from Australia would be making music like you or Triple One would be making music like they do or literally yeah. anyone in Australia in the the emerging, like even one four HP boys would be making music like they do now yeah. where it's like globally influenced and, you know, like not what Australian hip hop used to be. I, I'd be like, you're wrong. I will yeah. never listen to Australian hip hop. What are you on about? Yeah. And then now I have a podcast about like literally about Australian hip hop and Australian dance music. How do you think that Australia has been receptive to your sound or your, you know, culture influence? Do you think that the Australian markets sort of accepted you or do you think that um, there's still a bit of disconnect for your brand and for your music? I still feel like there's a bit of disconnect because um, I feel like the things I talk about, like, and plus, like, and like I said before, like, I didn't give anything. I'm not... I didn't really do a good job at giving people who would like to give me a chance, yeah. to like to give my music a chance. I didn't give them a chance to uh, have something that they can identify with. You know what I mean? So like, I feel like once I do that, like with One Four, like they do a good job with the whole like street side of like Sydney, and like there's so many impressionable people out there who want to like be a thug and like be a driller or whatever. So like they got they got that demographic on lock. Exactly. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Triple One, like they got the demographic that just wants to party, have a good time, and like cry, make listen to emo music. They already got that on lock. So I just like. Who should I attack? You mm. know what I mean? Because like, like I said, like I'm not from here. I wasn't born here. I wasn't. I'm not chilling around like these these areas that people can see me at all the time. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't go to high school with any of these people. So like, how can they vouch for me? You know what I mean? So like, and then I just wanted to be able to like cultivate something that I can call my own, like my own little fan base, my yeah. own little find, foundational piece that I can take to the top with me. You know what I mean? So um. Yeah, I've, been, I've just been trying to like figure that out, and instead of just being bitter, like, oh man, I feel like I, I feel like I'm the dopest rapper in this country. Yeah. Like, how come nobody? How come I only got like two thousand something followers, or like, how come I'm only getting like fifty thousand plays on my tracks? But just like, I still gotta play that constant game of chess, and just trying to be able to like allow, enable myself to just like learn new stuff about the business. Instead of just being a rapper, I need to be a businessman. Now. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Mm. We'll put a full stop on it there. Right. Ask a couple. Ask because, like, uh, internally before I started reading, I'm like 45 minutes. Yeah. Going over. I love it. It's the best. I ask these questions to everyone. Yeah. Uh, you'll have an interesting perspective on this as well. What's your favorite Australian takeaway? Takeaway. Like, as in, like major chains, like Macca's, KFC, or Porto, whatever. What hits? What hits different for you? If you're just like feigning a grubby feed, what's like th- authentic Australian food. Or oh, no, just no, no, like- no, 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 not authentic Australian food oh, at all. Okay. I mean, like, if you're hungry, it's Friday night, can't be bothered cooking. What do you? What's the go-to? If I can, I'll get a bond me. Okay, huge. Like, I'll, I'll eat a bond me. I can eat a bond me every day. Same. Like, I used to, and it wasn't good for like. I got so chubby. Oh yeah, yeah. It's but like it was worth it. Bread it was worth it. But like, I love banh mi. like, okay. it's literally like my That's favorite gun. thing ever to like eat. That's a gun answer. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone says KFC. KFC in Australia, KFC in America, I would never eat. That's really? like food you eat when like you're desperate and like broke, and or like drunk. Same thing with like Taco Bell and all that. But like, KFC in a, in Australia is like the most like 
premium thing I've ever eaten in my life, man. Like it's like gourmet in comparison to like what it is in America. There you it's go. Like, we invented the we invented the shit. So it's just like <laughs> why isn't it that how come it's not as good as it is over here? But just why like, is it shit in America compared to here? What's different? Uh, you don't even know like, where to start. It's, it's just it's just everything, man. It's just yeah. everything. It's just like there's no love and care, you know. There's no love and care. And but like over here if I get like a ten piece wicked wing, like <laughs> It's just like, man, I'm going to appreciate it. I'm going to enjoy every bite, every crunch, every bit of sodium that's going to clog up my arteries. Like, I'm grateful for it. The but Wicked Wings are crack. I used to get a 10-piece Wicked Wing. And 10 a, Wicked Wings. Holy and, and a Zinger Stacker uh, large meal. And, like, that would be my dinner. That's but a lot of food. Yeah, that's but, mad. But I can't eat like that anymore, you know what I mean? Because I went, I went vegetarian for, like, a year and a half. Huge. And then, um, yeah, but then... I'm eating meat again, so I, I just chill out and all that. But when you go veggie, then when you come back to eating meat, you appreciate meat a lot more and you don't waste it. Not oh, waste it, but you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but in- I, I can feel it because the, the only reason why I um, ate, I stopped eating meat was because I had like this, like, I had like a DMT trip and then like, um, I just had like these like wolves telling me that I need to change up my lifestyle. Yeah. And like, that's why I just stopped partying. Like, I stopped drinking a lot. I stopped doing like all these drugs or whatever and like, um, you know, like I just wanted to like change myself and like huge. I, felt, I, felt, I felt like meat was like one of those things that I just needed to give up, whether it was like forever or just a temporary thing. I just felt like it was just one of those things that can like test my discipline. Big time. That's and, um, huge. That's so good. And like I feel like every every human being needs to be disciplined. And I feel like giving up meat was like a good way to like, you know, start becoming more disciplined and exactly. being able to like train all the time and like, you know, work on myself. So like I'm very grateful for that experience and um, you know beautiful yeah. <laughs> last question and I feel like you already know what the answer to this is you have to who should come on Parry Talks who needs their story told who'd have a good conversation um I, I want to say my I want I have two people you can say two you can say I have yeah, two people um Dante definitely Dante but I recently come across um, uh, Spanion. Yeah, Spanion would be crazy. Like, I've never listened to his music. That'd change my life. <laughs> I've never listened to his music, but I, for some, because you know how on YouTube, like, you just get, like, these random yeah, videos yeah. on your feed, and then it, one video I watched was uh, Spanion, like, punching some crackhead in the face, like, like or, like, fighting some dude. I'm just like, oh, who, who is this dude? Then I just looked up a couple of more of his videos. I'm just like... There's he knows how to tell a story, yeah, Exactly. Man. Like, there's something about him, and I feel like... He'll be able to tell a good story. I feel like he'll be able to tell a good story. He's from these ends as well. I, I know. That's why I said it. So, you know, hopefully he comes through. And Domba as well. That's inevitable, though. Oh, oh yeah. You, you definitely got to do Domba. But, like, Domba... Dom, Dom is just... He just He's a homebody. You know what I mean? So, like, I have to, like... I'll convince him to come out here and do an interview. If you're gonna interview, if he's going to get interviewed by someone... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be Parry Talks. Oh, uh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, that'll be part of his contract. You can't interview with anybody else. I'm, I'm the, the raw dog hey, contract. Ex- exactly. You can't be my producer if you don't get an interview with Parry Talks. Like, friendship ended. Friendship ended. Dude, thank you for coming on. That was epic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Come back whenever you need to. Whenever you need to get some shit off your chest, always welcome back. Oh, same, man. You can hit me up whenever. Parry Talks, thanks for listening. Um, I do this a bit of a tradition with every episode because of COVID sort of ruins it Raj Mahal shows in the future ever catch me at a Raj well, you will catch me at a Raj Mahal sorry but if you see me in the crowd find me at the bar and you come up and say bro Parry talks listen to that interview I'll get you a drink 
And if you don't drink, I'll get you a Pepsi Max. <laughs> anyway. Or, or a Mountain Dew. Or ma- nah. <laughs> Pepsi Max. All right, we're, gonna, we're not done yet. What's your favorite soft drink if you drink soft drink? I don't drink soft drink. I don't, I don't drink it either. But if I have a soft drink, it's a Pepsi Max. The, the, only, the only time I ever drink like soda or whatever is just like if I'm drinking like rum or something. Like, <laughs> just like coconut, coconut yeah, rum. But other than that, I just stay away from it. I, I, don't, I don't really, outside of like beer, like, I, don't like, I don't like carbonation. True, true, like same. It. Yeah, fuck's my, anyway. Paris Talks, thanks for listening, guys. Woo! Thank you, thank you.